Well, hello and welcome to What's Brewing, CISFA. What's Brewing, CISFA is a podcast produced for the California Community Colleges Student Financial Aid Administrators Association. I'm your host, Dennis Schrader. I serve as the 2021-2022 CISFA past president. And I'm Dana Yarbrough, Dennis's co-host and fellow employee at Los Angeles Mission College. What's Brewing CISFA hopes to inform and entertain you 30 minutes at a time. So let's start the show. And welcome to another episode of What's Brewing CISFA. Let's start this show with our first cup. And again, Dana, I'm looking over at you. I see the invisible cup. Yeah, it's because, you know, it's... It's already after 10 o'clock, so I've already had several <laughs> cups. I've already had several cups of, of now, tea. Tea, I was going to say, yeah. was it tea or coffee this morning? Yeah, I had a loose leaf tea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earl Grey Rose. Wow. Yeah, yeah, fancy. So that's a Grey Rose or an Earl Grey Rose? An Earl Grey. <clears throat> or is it really uh, not Rose, it's uh, Rosé? Oh uh, no, that's later. That's later. Oh, okay. After, I'm just saying that just seems a little weird. After four thirty, yeah, it's because it's it's, um, you know, the tea, and then it has mm-hmm. like rose petals. In oh, it okay, and, I get and it. Rose oil in it and bergamot, like, uh huh. Okay, that sounds pretty fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's foo foo fancy. Uh-huh. You know who gave it to me? Who? Our mutual friend, uh, Patricia Chow. Uh huh. She gets a call out. Yeah. Because she's the tea lady. Yes, she is. She mm-hmm. knows all about it. She does. teaches me all kind of stuff. And she's taking uh, Dana, who already had a decent-sized rabbit hole, oh. <laughs> Doug, and helped even her dig deeper. it deeper. Oh, yeah. Right? I don't even know if it's uh, considered a rabbit hole anymore. At this point, it's just an open <laughs> uh, It's an open mine. I was going to say I was just saying like an open mine as yeah. far as like where they go like to get copper and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like where they have to bring those big, big uh, uh, dump trucks out yep. of, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think that is a perfect uh, metaphor or analogy. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, uh, I'm not saying you're off the tracks or anything, but um, <laughs> it is a case that uh, your tea fancies are uh, uh, almost out of control. Almost out of control. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say out of control, but if you don't put limiters on yourself or boundaries, it uh-huh. can get out of control because it can get expensive. You know, and mm-hmm. all I ever had the experience of, other than, you know, when you grow up, it's, what Lipton tea? Oh man, that's like the only thing oh, available because all yeah. you do is you go to the market, mm-hmm. and then you find out you know you go to a big size mall like the Glendale Galleria. Although I can't confirm they still exist because I've not been to the Galleria for about a year. Uh-huh. Uh, Tivana, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're like the big dogs on the on the block, and you look at the wall of those big metal containers, and there's just so many of them. And then you tell me and Patricia that there's even more. So much more. Like, you're not even scratching the surface uh-huh. mentioning that place. Yeah. It's, yeah. It can get, you can get deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You really, really can. And then, like you're saying, there's um, your regular run-of-the-mill Lipton, and then you can sure. get premium and even even more premium. Like, Yes. It can get intense. The world of tea. Yeah. And coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, coffee is a whole other thing. And just so you know, the box ought to be arriving today, seeing that uh, my employees, like Dana, have drank all my uh, brown sugar crumble oh, uh, Green like Mountain like uh, coffee. Oh, yeah. I was wondering why I would buy a box of 10 or 12 
uh, K cups, mm-hmm. and I swear I'd only get about two of them, and then they would all be disappearing. Yeah. Uh, I did not know. So this is a gigantic box coming from that online distributor of things. It should last us exactly one week. Uh, I, <laughs> if it does, you guys are all going to have to start pitching in a whole lot more money on that. Yeah, we got, I got five on it. Uh, okay, I got okay, five on yeah, it. yeah. It's a it's a big box, but <laughs> K cups cost money. Oh you yeah, know? and they're expensive. They are expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I don't think you can get that in the bag where you can brew it yourself. You know, I tried to I look doubt. at it. that flavor. I don't see, but that brand they do have. Um, yeah, Green Mountain. Yes, uh huh. They do have it um, mm, ground and I okay. think beans too. I think they do. Yeah, so sometimes you're a little limited. That's why you get the K cups, and also it gets easier. You know, we had a gigantic one of those commercial coffee makers, but our big coffee time drinker retired. Right, she sure so. did, and after her retirement, so did the coffee machine. That's right. I sent it off to our IT department because <laughs> those guys uh, use uh, drink a whole lot more coffee. Oh yeah, that is my understanding because I remember uh, part of the way to help uh, grease the wheels of industry, I would occasionally uh, send them over one of their Yubon uh, like classic roast uh, okay. things yeah. already, a pre ground coffee uh-huh. to keep them going. Man. So I knew they, I knew they could put it to use, no yeah, doubt. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they are because it's a double. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. They could have two pots of coffee going, going at the same yeah. time. <laughs> but anyways, other than drinks, uh, you know, if you couldn't guess, people, uh, being about six minutes into the show, we don't have a topic for today exactly. Right, and that's you know? okay, loosey goosey. Yeah. Today. So we just have some random things up on the board that me and Dana are looking at. Uh, I'll just put out there, I got my booster yesterday. All right, okay. I was really hoping it was going to make for a good excuse to skip work today. Oh, wow, but you feel perfectly fine, don't you? I hate to report it. I think I do. Oh, okay. Do you, do you feel even like you have superpowers after having it? Um, Possibly. <laughs> possibly. Okay. Um, You know, uh, uh, I can't say that I was able to fly oh, or okay. I could crush uh, small cars, okay. but possibly. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, was, you know, I went uh, yesterday afternoon. We have it on campus. Students and faculty can get their boosters. Um, they have you sit for 15 minutes afterwards. Right. You know, I guess. Monitor you. Yeah. yeah <clears throat> make sure you don't, uh, pass you out. know, pass out, yeah. turn purple. Yeah. Um, any of that stuff. I did not. But apparently I'm feeling okay. So let me ask you, so... You're saying you scheduled your appointment to get it here on campus. I didn't even schedule it. Oh, okay. You just so, went. So two days of the week, uh, mornings on one day, afternoons on the other day, like yesterday. Mm-hmm. You just have to go down the hall where they're open. You can schedule it if you want to. Oh, okay. But I walked in there, uh, again, protect people's information. I think there was two other people who could have been faculty or staff or students okay. in the room getting theirs done. Sweet. Okay. So it's just a classroom. There's nurses from the organization we have mm-hmm. um, for our student health center who are running this for us. Okay. So nurse uh, Jessica took care of it, uh, the Pfizer uh, booster, because I'd had Pfizer beforehand. Right. Okay. Filled out the card, and we're all good to go. And there you go, your booster. All That's set. right. So we'll see We'll see what kind of magical powers come out of this. I know. I'll give it until the weekend, and then we'll follow up. Exactly. Yeah, we'll follow up on that. So, yeah, so if you're not, uh, you know, I'm not going to push them on anybody here because I know obviously by getting my booster, I'm either a hero to some 
or I'm, uh, you know, a sheep to others. So let's not even go into that. (laughs) Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about financial aid before we get uh, to our musical part. Right. Um, So what's going on in financial aid? I'll say I'm listening to a podcast from uh, people from Campus Logic who put together some stuff on uh, non-campus logic stuff. So that's always good. It's not a sales pitch. But they were just talking about doubling of the Pell Grant. Because this, I believe, was a proposal um, from the current administration. And it's been out there for a number of years. Because, you know, the thing is, Pell Grant has not kept up with inflation. Mm-hmm. You know, Pell Grant, when it started in 1972 or something like that, covered a fair proportion of tuition. It was $1,400, but tuition back then was pretty low, mm-hmm. even outside of California. Now it's about, what, $6,400, 60, yes. right, uh-huh. um, for a full-time year, which would cover our tuition at a community college, but that's easy to do. But it, like, just barely covers at a Cal State. Right. And it's maybe about halfway or a little more at a UC. So it's lost its buying power. And so the talk was, you know, looking at doubling it to, you know, almost $13,000. Mm. And so the discussion, and I haven't gotten through the whole episode yet, was, you know, some of the pros and cons of things. Mm-hmm. So certainly I, I assume, you know, Dana, we could say certainly one of the pros would be more money into the hands of students, mm-hmm. less need to borrow. Right? Right. Uh-huh. And then from there, you know... um, especially at the community colleges, that means, you know, again, less need to borrow, hopefully less need to work, you know, because if you're getting a little more back in your financial aid, you know, maybe you can cut back on hours because we do know that's one of the big things that stretches our students Mm -hmm. at all the community colleges. They're trying to balance life. Yes. Work and school, sometimes kids, family, all that stuff, or being, uh, even if they're younger students, uh, possibly being part of the workforce in the household to support the parents and the others. Yes, we've seen that a lot too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I see that as a positive. Now, do you see any negatives? Because I have a couple possibilities here, but what do you think might be even a drawback? This is a good question. My concern always is is the management of the, of the funds, you know, um, because like you're saying, some of our students, they um, – they may be the breadwinner of their family or mm-hmm. they may have some, um, you know, economic challenges is, you know, managing the money, you know. Yeah, because a community college student now would get potentially yeah. twice the amount of Absolutely. refund. Uh-huh. You know, the money after we disperse, pay their fees, coming back to them. I think the other thing I see, um, <clears throat> you know, right now I guess we spend about $30 billion a year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's going to be, you know, they talk, well, if you double Pell, does it get double the amount? Now, if you go with the way the Fed's calculated, I think it's going to be more than that, right? Because it's not just a case that the students with uh, who get 6400 now mm-hmm. get 13000 in the future. There's that whole little chart, right, that as your expected family contribution goes up your Pell Grant amount goes down right. to a certain cutoff. Mm-hmm. In a sense, we're expanding that table potentially to, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, millions more students who get smaller Pell, but still that adds up over amounts yes, over does. time. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if they are figuring that out. The other thing I see that could be on the, uh, you know, this could be a problem of access later down the road 
student comes for the semester, gets $6,000 a pill, has to drop out. Oh my gosh. And then <clears throat> the worst thing yeah. of all, the worst return words the that months. we know, return, return to title to, four. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now the potential is there unless they tinker with R2D4. Students could owe a significant amount of more money. Yes, they can. So that that's one fear. But I mean, that shouldn't be the driving force. I mean, after all, in my mind, when schools worry about default rates and uh, putting all these extra barriers in for students and all, my thought has always been either offer loans or don't. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to offer loans and that's your excuse, just keep in mind you're telling students they have to go elsewhere to find money. Mm-hmm. So with Pell, I, I I think I'm open to the idea that if they do want to double it at some point or raise it up, we do. But you're right. <clears throat> managing it, students managing the money, and my concern about overpayment as R2T4 currently exists could be some big factors. I mean, yeah. Could you imagine having that conversation with a student? Oh, yeah. You owe us 13000 Well, exactly. I mean, think about it. I mean, right now, you know, they're held liable for a certain amount if they... Return to Title Four for those who don't know, I'm going to financially explain this, is that if they drop out of a semester, they earn their money along the way. If they make it to about 60% of the way through a semester, they've earned 100%. So there's a chart that works your way backwards in time. Drop out too soon, owe a lot of the money back. So <clears throat> that'd be the concern. You give a student $6,000, maybe they've only earned 2000 Four thousand could be a lot of money to oh repay. Gosh. Absolutely, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like buying a really uh, old junky car <laughs> that you got no value out of. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it'd be awful. <laughs> but so we'll see if this resurfaces later. But it sounds like this one's got kicked out of the uh, spending plan. Oh, from okay, the, from the feds. Okay, but I mean, like you said, I mean, at least it's part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now, the other thing we'll talk about before we move to break is I understand uh, student loan repayments starting up soon. coming up, yeah. February, right? It is. I don't know if I'm ready. (laughs) Oh, Dana. Oh, Dana. I'm sure you're not the only one. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, students have been given a free ride for a long time, so it might be a hard adjustment. And, uh, you know, in the background, there's been some uh, disruption, you know, a number of the servicers out there, uh, because of changes in the way the feds handle student loans, complaints, looking forward, uh, a lot of them are just deciding not to renew contracts. They just don't want out. They want out. Mm-hmm. And so that could upset for millions of borrowers where to send payments. And then it's a whole timing of communications, you know, to start you back in repayment. I think it's like, 90 days before your payments due, you're supposed to get some notification. So I was going to mention, yeah. um, I've already been receiving those okay. e- emailed communications. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. That, that, you know, you know, you're, <clears throat> it's going to expire. Uh-huh. Gonna start paying your money, you know, your loan back. Hi, Dana. Yeah. Basically. How are you doing? <laughs> we haven't spoken for quite a while. It's been some time. Yeah. And I, know uh, you, I know you thought I was gone, but. I'm, I'm there. I'm still here. We're there, and we're there for you. <laughs> While we're talking about <laughs> yeah. it, um, remember that student loan you borrowed many, many years ago <laughs> to get that fantastic education at XYZ University? Yes, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but 
We'd like you to start making some payments on those. Absolutely. And if you do need some assistance making payments, we have payment plan options That's for right. you. That's right. We have yes. new payment plan options available yes. for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. So be careful, people. It's starting up. Just like what else is starting up right now? Uh-oh. A little bit of music. And welcome back for our second cup segment on the What's Brewing Cisfa show. I thought we'd get our way out of uh, financial aid. You know, I didn't want to make you cry or anything about <laughs> thinking about student loan repayments and all. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Way mm-hmm. to kill my day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm so happy that, well, I'm sad that I've been out of college for so long. Um, but I am happy to say that, I mean, I paid off my loans in a 15-year graduated repayment oh, plan. Wow. And I think I finished... 2010. Wow. And it took you exactly 15 years? 15 years, really pretty low payments because I borrowed very little as an undergrad. I borrowed slightly more as a grad student, but even then, had I known that I could have borrowed more, Mm -hmm. I probably would have just to make things a little easier. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't as easy to understand financial aid when you don't work in financial aid. I mean, really, even as an undergrad, I, I, I mean, I had a couple thousand dollars. Had I known the ability to borrow more to alleviate the need uh, for some of the work I had to do, some of the times of not having enough money, I would have just blown it out. Not blown, like, you <laughs> yeah, know. I know what you mean. You know, not, yeah. and again, not in those days, it would have been gigantic amounts of money. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't smart enough. I, no, actually, you were smart enough because yeah. actually I think 15 years of you being able to pay it off is actually good. Like, yeah, no, yeah. it's... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, you have to remember now, this is the guy who, when he bought his first car, his monthly payments were $122.58. Dang, man. Yeah. That's, wow. That's I what it takes to buy a Geo Metro okay. with very little money down. Okay. I'm just saying. And then how long did that, it last you? Uh, that car lasted me from my graduate school years till I moved out here. And then the first Memorial Day weekend, I got bashed in the back by a moving van. Welcome to L.A. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. Uh, I have to say, knock on wood, all the times I've been cracked in the back of the car, and this wasn't the only car that got smashed, um, the people were insured. I do oh, want to <laughs> thank those people in L.A. that if you're aiming for me, please have good insurance. Yes. And some of them have very good insurance. Hey, so. hey. Yeah. Doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, that was the end of that car, so oh well. Mm-hmm. Those little Geo Metros cannot take a, even a small hit. No, not they at cannot. all. No. Well, Dana, I think we're done with financial aid for now. I wanted to bring up something I was reading in my magazine called The Absolute Sound. Okay. For those who don't know, The Absolute Sound, first of all, it's a beautiful magazine. It is still uh, a relatively thick magazine, about 160 pages. It's about high-end audio. But they do more than just talk about equipment, you know, so if you haven't heard of, you know, uh, you've probably heard of JBL speakers, but have you heard of YG? Probably not. Yeah, no, I don't And think so. have you heard of Estelon as a model of speaker mm-hmm. made by a company? So they're very high-end kind of stuff. But they do a lot of music reviews. And then occasionally they write up articles because the absolute sound for some people is analog like vinyl, Mm -hmm. they had this article about a a, a group called Women in Vinyl. 
and I thought of Dana. <laughs> so what it is, Women in Vinyl is this uh, little group of uh, <clears throat> women who either work at record stores, uh, some work at record pressing plants oh, wow. or own them, wow. you know, like small little boutique yeah, places. Yeah. Some of them uh, just have massive collections of uh, vinyl. Some of them are DJs. Some of them fall into multiple categories, and it's about what you think about as uh, you might not think about that. Again, there are women out there, first of all, who are into music. Second, there are women who enjoy vinyl just as much as men. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone else. Uh -huh. So it was a very interesting article. And then I thought of Dana. I'm like, yeah, this is like what Dana could be. <laughs> so I'm throwing out there, even though we have listeners and hopefully none of them are screenwriters. I think, Dana, we really have to think about a movie out of this. Oh, okay. Because, you know, there's a movie about, like, vinyl and music, right? But this is women in vinyl. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. But do you know that movie I'm thinking about in my head? John Cusack. Oh, yeah. Um, don't tell me. Um, oh, man. <sighs> High Fidelity. High Fidelity, yeah, fidelity. exactly. Uh -huh. I think even if you don't use that plot line. So, actually, Dennis, I don't know yeah. if you know this, but I think um, on Hulu... Mm -hmm. There is um a t um like a series version of it, and it's with um uh Zoe Kravitz. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, I think we need to come out with a movie that kind of goes along this, and we'll have mm -hmm. to figure out how, what the plot lines are and all. But okay. it doesn't even have to be a similar plot. But mm -hmm. I think the uh, again because it goes against the flow, people. You know, especially in this modern era, where you know you figure out most people under the age of thirty may have heard of vinyl, but it's only those few friends of theirs that have any kind of collection. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like mine or love mine because I inherited some of my stuff. Of course. From the parents. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so my love of vinyl comes from probably my dad mm -hmm. uh, because of his, his love for music, uh, especially mm -hmm. soul and R&B. And, yeah, just growing up listening to his collection and his stereo system. Uh -huh. Yeah, I get to talk to a friend who uh, works in entertainment in the IT end of it all, you know, the high-end stuff of uh, uh, information technology and stuff like that. But he was just talking about how he had gone out um, and bought a couple albums recently, mm -hmm. and they were basically replacement for albums from, like, his early teen years. Okay. You know, albums like, uh, one was from Asia, and I can't remember which alpha, album it was, if it was Alpha or another one. Um, and another one, like a Steely Dan album. Okay. Because he remembers as a kid growing up with that music and listening to them. And again, this would be the kind of thing you did with your friends. You'd sit down at the record player, and you'd play a record all the way through. Yes. There was no flip-flopping of songs and millions of songs on a little device. But, you know, you'd play them through, and you'd play them so often that those records, if you looked at them, they looked like your tires when they get flat. <laughs> no tread. You lose the tread. Yeah. And when you do that, then your, yep. you know, uh, your music music. sounds horrible music. like that, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's interesting. I have another friend, uh, Donnie, who, you know, my BMW guy, uh, same thing. So he's been collecting stuff uh, and really getting deep into the vinyl world. And so I guess found it interesting. Again, this article... I hadn't even thought that there may be this cadre of women who connect and they have a blog. I think it's womeninvinyl.com okay. that talks about their experiences, you know, collecting, scouring, making sometimes vinyl music, you know, wow. music on vinyl. I'm going to have to check them out. You absolutely have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's a great idea for, 
you know, anyone, you know, looking to explore music, male, female, whatever you are, mm-hmm. um, to consider this. And I think we'll have to get one or two of our uh, financial aid directors out there. We know they live in the vinyl mm-hmm. world. Yeah. Get them back on the show and we'll do a little musical uh, talk through. That would be so much How's fun. That? Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and then thinking about music, Dana, think what time it would be right now. Time for some music? <laughs> All right, everybody, guess what? We are back for the last segment here on the show, our last sips. Or last slurps. I never know. (laughs) Really. Uh, So, Dana, a show filled of nothing. We can't call ourselves Seinfeld, but it's close to it (laughs) today. It's still awesome. Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. Do you have any I Dare You To selections for our uh, people out there? I absolutely do. So since we're talking about vinyl, yeah. um, I dare for all you Netflix heads out there <laughs> to check out The Get Down. The Get Down. Yeah, it's this awesome miniseries um, out there. It's about, I guess, um, the origins of hip-hop. Mm. And so it features... Um, like characters or archetype characters of like Grandmaster Flash of that era. So, and it does go into vinyl. Of course, Uh because I mean, think about it. I mean, that world obviously relied on back sound, uh, soundtracks and Mm -hmm. stuff and, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to mix and all that good stuff. So yeah, vinyl was big. And then also it, it'll give you further understanding of what the get down means. It's because, so the, the get down is, the get down part, you know, where, uh-huh. you know, you, you dance to. Okay. Or, you know, you vibe to. Uh-huh. uh-huh. In okay. the record. Uh-huh. So this is out on Netflix at this time? Yeah, yeah, it is. All right. Uh, well, it's a, like a Netflix uh, original series. Okay. Yeah. So the get down. The get down, everybody. Uh, yeah. Go find it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to just throw out there. I threw out there where I was talking about um, the Absolute Sound Magazine. It's issue number 320 which uh, I'm usually at least a few behind reading, so it's probably like August or September. And again, it's got some great reviews of equipment on it. You'll know it when you see an Absolute Sound magazine. First of all, the covers are beautiful, and it's all this stereo equipment that doesn't look like regular stereo equipment. Not a bunch (laughs) of boxes. Okay. Speakers look like weird-shaped towers and stuff you would have saw in the movie 2001. That kind of stuff. But that's where the article on women in vinyl is in. So uh, uh, issue number 320 of The Absolute Sound. So go get that. It's not a bad cross for the price of subscription, I'm just saying, you know. And you get great music reviews, too, all genres. So definitely worth checking out. And so, Dennis, how much is this going to set us back? Um, that's why I'm saying if you, it's like a year is like $30 or okay, something like bad, that. Not bad. Something like that's issue every month. They do a fantastic buyer's guide. Okay. Now, admittedly, the Absolute Sound has some very expensive stuff. Dana, for example, what do you think is the most expensive speaker system they have that they've ever reviewed? Like, uh, like as far as, uh, home price. speakers, loudspeakers for your house. I'm going to say $500,000. Close. Okay. Um, about eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, okay, I believe so. It. I'm just saying, you know. It. So they, but they'll have speakers for much less, and they'll have amplifiers that are fifty thousand dollars a piece, and they're oh, mono. So you need two. Yes. Um, 
but they'll have reasonable price stuff. And what's coming up a lot more nowadays is what me and you might have owned back in the day, like receivers mm. or what they call integrated amps. So they take the tuner part out, but it's still amplifier and a switching between your sources of sound. Okay. So that's coming back, and there are a lot of good hi-fi ones out there. Oh, man. So, Definitely going to have to check it out. Yeah, so they do a buyer's guide every year. They do a bunch of specials. And again, again, great music reviews and equipment reviews. Okay. So get it for yourself. Or your hi-fi lover in your family. And we'll go from there. Uh, Dana, I think we've given the audience all we can today. (laughs) So um, I do want to thank you for joining us today, Dana, on the show. And, of course, thank our audience for tuning in. And, everyone, if you have something to say or you have topics you want us to discuss, email us at wbcsfa at gmail.com. You can find this and all What's Brewing Ceaseful Podcasts on Google Podcasts, your Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the TuneIn app on your Amazon Echo by using Alexa. What's Brewing Ceaseful is a production of Studio 1051, a creative collaboration of Dennis and me. This has been episode number 136, recorded Friday, November 5th, 2021. Have a great day. And And have have a a great great weekend. weekend.